0: Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Matthew chapter five and. In Matthew chapter 5 Jesus is sitting on this mountainside and he's talking his disciples as he sees a crowd of people that just continues to to gather around him you know this happened everywhere that Jesus went just crowds followed and just thronged him they they could not get enough of him and so these these crowds of people had begin to gather on the mountainside and as the crowd gathers jesus begins to teach his disciples by he's telling them how they should live if they're going to be his disciple if they're going to follow him and if they want to live a life that is pleasing to god and so he starts out by telling them that they are the salt of the earth and we covered that in a previous podcast and then he tells them that they are the light of the world and we covered that in the last podcast but if you think about it salt gives flavor right it it and that's exactly what the holy spirit did with uh these these 12 men minus judas and and you add matthias in acts chapter 1 but when the holy spirit fell on them in acts chapter 2 they they were the flavor of the earth they were the salt of the earth if you will they they added flavor. Uh, they, they took the message of Jesus and the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and they, and they carried it out into a, a, a world that was lost without Jesus. And they, sh- they, they shared that message, and they gave the world flavor, if, if you will. And then they, they were told uh, not to hide their light, that they are a, a, a light uh, that illuminates, that exposes, that, that is, that they are to set their light on the lampstands and not to hide their, their light. And we know from studying the book of Acts, which I, I have already covered the book of Acts and you can go back and, and, and listen to those podcasts, uh, if you get the chance and, and I would appreciate it if you do and leave a, leave a review. Uh, that would be awesome. A five star re- review would be great so people can help, uh, it'll help people find the Grinded Podcast. Um, but when we studied the book of Acts, we, we, we saw that they shined the light. Matter of fact, they didn't shine their light. They shined the light of Jesus in a dark world and brought the light to the darkness. And they gave people the opportunity to choose to, to accept Jesus or reject Jesus, to live for Jesus or to live for themselves. And, and, and so, they were the salt. They were the light, just as Jesus had told them to be. And so now, in Matthew in, in, in Matthew chapter five, Jesus is is going to tell his disciples. And remember, he's talking to his disciples, but the crowd can hear what Jesus is saying and what he is teaching them. But he is directly talking to his disciples. He is teaching them. He is pouring himself out into them because he knows that he's going to be leaving. Within the next three years, that he's going to be crucified on a cross. He's going to be buried in a tomb and he's going to be resurrected and he's going to send back to the Father in, 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 in 40 days after that. And he knows that Pentecost is coming and that the disciples will take ownership of the kingdom and, and, and they would then be in turn be in charge of the kingdom and spreading the gospel message. And so this is Jesus pouring himself, teaching the disciples on how to be pleasing to God, but also how to to be his examples to the people. And and so he's explaining to them what the law says and and, and what they should actually uh, be doing. He's going to say something like, uh, you know, this is what the law says, but here's what I say to you. And so what we're going to see over the next uh, several verses is really a heart issue. Um, the Jews had the law. You think about this. The Jews had the law, right, that was given to Moses from God there on Mount Sinai. Uh, Moses goes up, leaves the people at the base of the mountain. He has he's, he's up there on what, 40 days, 40 nights. God gives him the, the Ten Commandments. He comes down, breaks them, has to go back up there and get them again. Uh, but the law is so much more than the Ten Commandments. It's literally the first five books of the Old Testament that Moses wrote, uh, called the Pentateuch. And there is a lot in there, uh, uh, uh that, that God has given to the Jews, his chosen people. Um, but the thing about the law is it, it, it was head knowledge. And, and what I mean by head knowledge is that they could read the law and understand it, right? Matter of fact, Moses says in Deuteronomy 6, he tells the Jewish people, he says, write these words on your hearts. Tell them to your children. Teach them over and over again to your children. Every day that you wake up, every night that you go to bed, you, you consider these words. You can, you think about these laws that God has given you. So they, they, they could read, for example, the Ten Commandments and understand what God expected of them. But the, the problem would be that this is head knowledge and, over heart service, if you will. And the Pharisees are perfect examples of this. They they had the law on their heads. As a matter of fact, they literally had the law on their heads. They wore the phylacteries. It also comes from Deuteronomy chapter six. The the bigger the phylactery, they would they would wear the phylacteries on their. It was just a box, and it contained scripture. And the bigger the phylactery, they they would either wear it on their forehead, or they would wear it on their wrist. And so, the bigger the the phylactery or that box, the more scriptures they are, the more smart they are. How much how much head knowledge they have of the law of God. And, and so th- they, they knew the law. They had the head knowledge, but Jesus said that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Matthew 15 verse eight. So they had the law. They had the head knowledge. They knew what God said. They knew what God wanted, but they did not do. What God wanted because their hearts were not right and that's what Jesus said when he said they honor me with their lips it's coming out of their heads but their hearts are far from me and we know that these guys these, these religious, they hated Jesus they hated God in the flesh and, and and matter of fact you know they spend their whole time trying to conjure up a way to get Jesus killed and then eventually you know, they do have him killed when they have him crucified on the cross. And we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, don't misunderstand why I, why I have come. I did not come to abolish. I did not come to stop the law. I did not come to put an end to the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. And I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be, uh, be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, Jesus says, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty strong stuff right there. Unless your righteousness, your right doings, is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus says that he came He came to accomplish the purpose of the law and the prophets. So what is the purpose uh, of the, the law and the prophets in in, in very simply put, and this is really overstating, uh, but it, it, it simplifies it to where we can all understand it very easily. The The, the purpose of the law and the purpose of the prophets are, are all pointing to Jesus. They all point, the law and the prophets, they all point to the fact that we need a Savior. Paul says in Romans 3:20, 24 by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So in other words if we didn't have the law of God we wouldn't know what sin was. So therefore God gave Moses the law to reveal to the Jewish people that this is how I expect you to live and if you don't follow this law. You are, you are not living according to how I want you to live therefore you are disobedient to me which is sin because that's what sin is sin is, simply put is is uh going against the will of God and so how do we know what the will of God is well well we know it by his word but in the old testament in the jewish race God gave the the his chosen people the Jews his law and they were to live by it and if they didn't live by it then they were in sin well they wouldn't have known what sin was without the law so Paul says in Romans 320 that since the through the law comes the knowledge of sin then he says in Galatians 3 19 through 28 Paul says why then was the law given it's a great question that's that's we want to know what the purpose of the law is so why was the law given Well Paul answers his own question It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. So there it is. He's repeating what he said to the church at Rome. Now he's telling the church at Galatia. Why was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. Talking about Jesus, right? God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. And Moses being up on Mount Sinai, the people's down at the bottom. There's God up in heaven. Moses is the mediator. He was between the people and God, right? And so he's going to deliver God's law to the people. Now, a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, Did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to abraham is there a conflict then between god's law and god's promises absolutely not if the law could give us new life we could be made right with god by obeying it yeah if the law could save us there would be no need of a savior there would be no need of the messiah there would be no need for jesus but the the law could only reveal what sin is but the law could not save us that's why millions of sacrifices being made all throughout the old testament and into the new testament and not you could pull all that blood up from millions of animals that was sacrificed for sin but that blood could never cleanse or wash away any sin and that's why Jesus had to die on the cross for our sin and shed his blood. God in the flesh shed his blood. He was the Passover lamb. He was the perfect lamb who never sinned. And, and he was able to be our sacrifice, our once and for all sacrifice. That's why there's there's no more need of making any sacrifices because Jesus, he paid that price. He paid our sin debt when he died on the cross, when he shed his blood on the cross. And when he come out of that tomb victorious on the third day because the law could not save us that's what paul saying it revealed what sin is or what sin was but it could not save us or redeem us from that sin and he says now mediators helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement but god who is one did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to abraham is there a conflict then between god's law and god's promises absolutely not he says, "If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it." But the Scriptures declare, and there's a problem in that, and we'll talk about that in just a minute about obeying the law, um, because Paul's going to go on to say later on. No, actually, it's James in James chapter two, verse ten. If we break one law, we're guilty of breaking all the law. So, uh, there, there, uh, the law could not give us new life we could we we there's no way we can uh obey the law of god it it was almost as if there was one person who's ever done it, and that was Jesus, but the purpose of the law was to reveal sin, not save us because that was the work of of Jesus, our Messiah, the Savior but Paul says the law could could give us new life, we could be made right. With God by obeying it, but the Scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. So the law then it made us prisoners of sin. It revealed what sin is, and it couldn't save us. Therefore, we're, we were bound. Remember, Jesus says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. And the Jewish people are having a fear. They're like, hey, we're Abraham's seed. We belong to Abraham. We're, we're not in bondage to anybody. We're not in any kind of prison. We are free because we belong to Abraham. We belong to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jesus says, no, you, you gotta, what he's telling me, you gotta believe in me. I come to set you free. And these people are gonna reject him and reject his message. And he says, if you wanna be free from sin, you gotta come through me, buddy. And 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 unfortunately, a lot of those people rejected Jesus just like they do today. It's no different. But the scriptures, Paul says, declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. It's the only way to be set free. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me or through me, Jesus says, John 14, 6. Paul goes on to say, before the way of faith, in Christ was available to us. We were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. He says, The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, talking about Jesus, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God. How? Not through the law, but through faith. In Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism. There it is. Water baptism. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. Like we put on clothes. And that's what he says. Like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you so the law then it showed us what sin is but the law could not save people from their sin and the law revealed that we cannot save ourselves also because nobody not even the religious leaders who thought they were keeping the law to perfection could actually keep the law and that's what i mentioned a while ago james chapter 2 verse 10 for whoever keeps the whole law the whole life you kept the law to a t i mean you woke up every day and you went and you lived your daily life and you go to bed at night and you you made it your go i am I'm, i am going to uh keep the law today to the and, and i'm not going to mess up one time but you stumble you, you 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 uh uh did one small thing that broke the law of god not, not nothing big like killing somebody or or using the lord's name or whatever but you broke this commandment uh, that was a part of the law, and uh, you actually worked. Let's just say you actually worked on the Sabbath day. You, like in the Old Testament, where the guy picks up. It's in the book of Numbers, I believe, where the guy picks up sticks to gather some firewood for his family to keep his family warm, and and God killed him because he picked up sticks on the Sabbath day. That was considered work. And you got these religious leaders in the New Testament going off on Jesus' disciples because they're breaking grain because they're hungry and they're walking through a grain field, so they break off the tops of the grain to get something to eat. And and, and the religious leaders are saying, hey, they, why are your disciples working on the Sabbath day and you're not condemning them? And, and, and so it, it would be easy to break the law is my point and and james says that whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it you break one point of the law and you're guilty of breaking the whole law and there, like i said there's only one person who kept the law to perfection that's jesus he never transgressed the law he never never one time sinned therefore It allowed him to be our savior and to rescue us, if you will, to free us, using the words of Paul, from uh, the grip of sin. And so going to the prophets, thinking about the prophets, what, what was the purpose of the prophets? Well, very simply put, they would, the prophets would go to God's people, right, the, the Jews, and they would warn them of their sin and how... I mean, you see this over and over again from the minor prophets to the major prophets like Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah. Uh, they, they're warning the people how they, they need to repent of their sin. I mean, Israel had became very, very wicked to the point that the priests were allowing Asheroth poles to be brought into God's holy temple, Asherah poles were to were used to burn incense to pagan gods. That's how corrupt that Israel had become. That their leaders were now sinful and and didn't care. They just didn't think nothing about it. They would go serve God. They would go do their head knowledge thing. They would go and do what they knew to do, what the law said to do. But yet they would turn around and, and allow this. Uh, worship to idols inside the holy temple of god that i mean come on that that's 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 terrible um and so these prophets god was sending these prophets in to warn israel you need to repent you need to turn from your sin and they didn't they did not listen and, and god warned them if you don't repent of your sin this is what's going to happen and and they they don't listen and God says, "Okay, there's no other remedy. You read that in second chronicles thirty six it literally says God says there was no other remedy and He allowed the Babylonians, these Gentile people to come in and destroy Jerusalem, to literally destroy the temple, tore it down, burn it down, uh later they would get to come back and rebuild, but the land was set desolate and empty for seventy years, and then they would be allowed to come back and and rebuild and we can we can learn a great lesson from I I love the Old Testament I don't understand why people think the Old Testament is irrelevant there there are some great great lessons for us throughout the Old Testament and this was a biggie because we can look at Israel's history in the Old Testament and learn from their mistakes and one of the biggest mistakes they made was not listening to the prophets and not listening to God and not repenting of their sin. And destruction came. God allowed the Babylonians to come in and literally wipe them off the face of the earth. And and if it, the same message applies to us. If we don't listen to God and his word, if we're not in the word and reading how God expects us to live, to be holy, to be like Jesus on a daily basis. I mean, we 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 can't know Jesus if we're not in the Word of God, and, and, and there's a difference of knowing Jesus and knowing Jesus. You know, if I've been with somebody for 25 years, I know them pretty well. If I'm with them on a daily basis, I know a lot of stuff about them. But say if I've if I've known somebody for a week and I just met them, or I've known them for two weeks or three weeks. I don't really know them. I may know their name, but I don't know the details of their life. They may have shared a little bit with me, but I don't really know them. But if I spent half a lifetime with them, then I really know them. And it's the same thing with with Jesus. A lot of people say they know Jesus, but they don't really know Jesus. they're, They're not intimate with Jesus. They don't have a real relationship with jesus because they're not in the word of god on a daily basis and they're not studying the life of jesus and they're not praying on a daily basis uh, to god through jesus and so uh, there's a huge difference of knowing jesus and really knowing jesus and having that relationship with jesus and we'll talk more about that in just a minute because th- it's that's a crucial point it, it it The Jews had head knowledge, they followed they knew the law in their heads the even the, in the new testament the the religious leaders the the pharisees they they and the Sadducees and the scribes they they knew the law, they studied it for a living they had it in their heads but but Jesus is going to rip them because their hearts were far from God, they had lip knowledge they had head knowledge. But their hearts were far from god and and this is why Jesus tells his disciples He says, "I warn you, and we need to hear this warning unless your righteousness is better than that uh, than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees. you will never." enter the kingdom of heaven there's a lot of people walking on this earth today who think they're okay with god but they don't have a relationship with god because they're not in the word and they don't really know god they don't really know jesus they know about him but they don't really know him they have it in their head but they don't have him in their heart they don't have that relationship with jesus that's why uh, and we'll get to it. Uh, I, I want to say it's in Matthew seven, Matthew eight. I can't remember exactly where, but Jesus says, "Many of you call me Lord, Lord." But he 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 says, "Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you." In other words, I didn't. I don't know you. He knew them, but they didn't know him. They thought they did because they cry out. As, as, as he's telling them, "You can't enter the heaven. You got to depart from me because we never had a relationship." And they're saying, "Hey." But Lord did we, did we do this in your name did we do that in your name what do you mean you never knew us and he says I, I, we didn't have a relationship yeah you had head knowledge and you were doing stuff in my name but but you didn't know me and so it's very very crucial that yeah it's good to have head knowledge it's good that you can quote chapters in the Bible and, and, and it's good that you can throw bible verses out uh like it's no you know nobody's business but it's one thing to have it in our heads, and it's another thing to have it in our hearts and be living it on a daily basis. So, what does Jesus mean uh, when he says, Unless your righteousness is better than that of the uh, righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What does he mean? Well, following a bunch of rules is not going to get you into heaven. Period. Faith in God is not based on rules, but a relationship. The religious leaders were following the rules. They even made up more rules on top of the rules that God had already given them. But they did not have a relationship with God. In fact, like I mentioned a while ago, they rejected God in the flesh. They rejected Jesus. They hated Jesus. They were immediately, upon meeting him and seeing what he was doing, they were looking for ways to kill him. And then they would eventually have him killed. And John 18, verse 28 this is this is show you the what Jesus. This is a great example of what Jesus is talking about. About unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees. In John eighteen twenty eight, when the uh, religious leaders had Jesus tried and and to be crucified, it says they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the Praetorium, and it was early, and they themselves, the religious leaders, they did not enter into the Praetorium. Why? Because they didn't want to be defiled. They didn't want to defile themselves. So they stayed out of the praetorium because they wanted to eat the Passover. Because the Passover was about to begin at 6, 6 p.m. that night. So the religious leaders didn't want to break a law and be considered unclean because they wanted to eat the Passover meal. Yet they could care less. They, they showed no concern whatsoever. They're thinking they're doing God a favor by having Jesus crucified. They are literally breaking a commandment of God and having this man, their Messiah, brutally murdered and killed. Thou shalt not kill. But yet all they were concerned about was, we're not going to the Praetorium because we're about to eat of the Passover meal and we don't want to be considered unclean. And that that just leads me to um, Matthew 23. And Jesus just hammers, absolutely hammers, these religious leaders and what he's telling his disciples. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, let's go to Matthew 23 and see what Jesus says about these religious leaders, about these Pharisees. Because we we want, we don't want to do what they do, right? So, Matthew 23 is, starts off like this, uh, beginning in verse 1. It says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So they, they got head knowledge because they interpret, they read the law and they interpret the law of Moses, which was given by God. So Jesus says, practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden everything they do is for show on their arms they wear extra wide prayer boxes the phylacteries with scriptures inside and they wear robes with extra long tassels and they love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues they love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi don't let anyone call you rabbi for you have only one teacher and all of you are are equal as brothers and sisters there's, there's no, I'm higher than you in, in, in the church. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your father. And don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What sorrow awaits you. And here he goes, he's going to start just ripping these guys. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't even go in yourselves, and you don't let others enter either. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. Blind guides, what sorrow awaits you, for you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple but that it is binding to swear by the gold in the temple. You blind fools, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And you, say the, and you say to swear by the altar is not binding, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. How blind, for which is more important, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred? When you swear by the altar, you are swearing by it and by everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you are swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. What sorrow awaits you, teachers and religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Blind guides, you strain your water so that you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. There's a big exaggeration there. But Jesus is trying to show them the extreme of their hypocrisy. What sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish but inside, you are filthy. You're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee! First, wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and the outside will become clean too. And that's what that, that goes with us. We, we are, Jesus, cleans the inside. But there's a song, a worship song, it talks about from the inside out. It, Jesus takes care of the inside, our hearts, and when our hearts are right, everything else falls into place. And that's what he's saying to them. It's all about the heart. What sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites? For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on, on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your heart but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. See the inside. It's all about the heart. Your hearts are not right is what Jesus is telling these these religious leaders. While sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of their godly people and your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets but in saying that you testify against yourselves that you are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets go ahead and finish what your ancestors started then they're going to because they're going to kill him snakes sons of vipers how will you escape the judgment of hell therefore I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law but you will kill some by crucifixion talking about himself and you will flog others with whips in your synagogue, talking about the disciples, chasing them from city to city. And that's literally what they did with Paul and his companions. As a result, you will be held responsible for the murder of all godly people of all time, from the murder of the righteous Abel to the murder of Zachariah, son of Berekai, whom you killed in the temple between the sanctuary and the altar. So they, they've killed other people. I'll tell you the truth this judgment will fall on this very generation talking about those who hear the sound of his voice because he knows what's coming that they're going to kill him they're going to crucify him and they will persecute his disciples in the coming days but this is why jesus emphasizes to his disciples but if anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than that of the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So we should be obedient. We should teach others God's laws. But above all else, make sure, make absolute sure that your heart is right with God. We can look to part we can pretend to play the part. That's what the, re- the religious leaders were doing. The Pharisees were doing. The scribes were doing. The Sadducees were doing. And we may fool a lot of people because that's what they did. People would come by and say, Oh, look how nice they're dressed. Oh, look how long their tassels are. Oh, listen to their prayers. Oh, how holy they are. Oh, how much they love and serve God. They were fooling everybody, but they didn't fool Jesus because he was God in the flesh and he knew their hearts. And here's the thing about it. We we can do the same thing. And we can fool people. We can fool people very easily. But we're not fooling God. God can see what other people cannot see. And that is our hearts. And if our hearts are not right, it won't be long, actually, until those people that we think we're fooling, oh, they'll, they'll see right through it. They'll see right through the hypocrisy. And they'll see the real us. It's why it's crucial, crucial, crucial that we not only have head knowledge but it's got to be heart service it's got to be in our hearts it's got to be a relationship with jesus and he jesus explains to his disciples what he means and he's going to tell them over and over the law which was given by god himself says this but i'm going to say to you because he is going after people's hearts and here's some examples he says if you commit murder you're subject to judgment but And that's what the law says. But I say to you, if you are even angry with somebody, you don't have to commit murder. If you're angry with somebody, you're subject to judgment. If you call somebody an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. See, we don't want to hear that. But we, we, we know we're not going to, well, for the most part, most of us, we're not going to kill somebody. But... Jesus says if we're angry with somebody, we're already we're subject to the judgment just as somebody who committed murder. If we call somebody an idiot, we're we're in danger. If we curse somebody, we're in danger of the fires of hell. See, it it, it's it's all about the heart. You've heard the commandment say, the law, it says you should not commit adultery. But Jesus says Anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. What man, what woman does not struggle with that? And that's a whole other podcast of itself. But you can see it's a heart situation. It's easy for somebody to say, well, I've never cheated on my wife. I've never committed adultery, but... You know, how many times have you seen a, a hot woman and, and thought, well, I wonder what that's going to be like. Or how many times have you seen a, a, a hot dude and you said, man, I bet that'd be good. You're, that, that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. The law says don't commit adultery, but that's easy. I'm not, I'm not going to physically uh, cheat on my husband. I'm not going to physically cheat on my wife. I would never do that. But Jesus says, if you look at that hot man, you look at that hot woman and you think about what that'd be like, You've already committed adultery with that person in your heart. See, it's all about the heart. You have heard the law and what the law says. A man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. We don't, we don't even think about that today. Adultery is so common in our World today in our society, that the courts don't even think anything about it anymore. You have heard what the law says: love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. What? See, it's all about the heart. That that would, that would be hard. It is hard because your enemy is there to destroy you. They're 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 there to make your life miserable. And Jesus is saying, love your enemies? We're to pray for those who persecute us? He says, in that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. And if if you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? That's easy to do. He says, even corrupt tax collectors do that much. But if you are kind only to your friends... How are you different from anybody else? Even pagans do that. But you're different. You're my disciple. You are to be perfect or mature is what that word means. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Very hard. It's it's easy to have head knowledge. Very hard to have the heart service and being obedient and being like Jesus. I pray this every day. Lord, help me to be more like Jesus. Help me to be more like you today. I blew it yesterday. Help me to do better today. Luke 6:45. Jesus says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. This is why it is crucial that we make Jesus not only our Savior, but also Lord. You see, we all want a Savior because we all want to go to heaven, right? We, we all want our sins forgiven. We all want to be in heaven for eternity, but we all don't want a Lord because if we have a Lord, that means he is Lord of our lives and he has control of our lives and he tells us what to do, what not to do, and how to live, and we do not want to be told what to do we don't want somebody telling us how to live our lives therefore many people reject jesus because of that we want to live our own lives we want to do what we want to do and we don't think there should be any consequences to our actions but boy oh boy one day we're going to find out that there are consequences and it's major major consequences because Jesus has the authority to put us in heaven or reject us and send us to eternal punishment in hell. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you die in that, that state, you never given your life to Christ and you go into eternity without the blood of Jesus Christ washing your sins away, you're guaranteed hell. There is no chance for you to get into heaven but jesus is not talking to those people here he is talking to his disciples he is talking to his followers think about that if you claim to be a follower of christ a disciple of christ and you claim to have a relationship with jesus where's your heart is your heart pure is it following after christ do you really know Jesus, are you spending time with him on a daily basis in his word in prayer and listening in, in worship, singing worship songs because it's all about the heart, and he's talking to his disciples here, and he tells them, "I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom." of heaven and I know there's not one person out there that wants to be one of those people that hears I never knew you depart from me you workers of iniquity but Lord we did this in your name we did that in your name no I never knew you we didn't have a relationship you didn't spend time with me you were just out there doing stuff in my name you were playing the part but you did not have a relationship with me you didn't have a heart that was pursuing me what about your heart are you pursuing Jesus on a daily basis are you putting on Christ and putting your selfish needs and wants aside your your own will and saying God I, I want your will to be done Your will. You be glorified in my life today. I want to live for you today. That's what it's all about. Heart service. Not head service. You can quote all the scriptures you want. You can quote books of the Bible. God's not impressed. What impresses God is our hearts. And that's what he's after. Our hearts. Does he have your heart? God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And keep grinding. Thank you for listening to The Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.